Good morning, Sangha. This morning, just a story from Ajahn Sumedho. The path of mindfulness is the path of no preferences. When we prefer one thing to another, then we concentrate on it. I prefer peace to chaos. So then in order to have peace, what do we do? We have to go to some place where there is no confusion, become a hermit, or go to the Orkneys, find a cave. I found a super cave once off the coast of Thailand. It was on a beautiful little island in the Gulf of Siam. And it was my sixth year as a monk. All these Westerners were coming to Wat Papong, Western monks, and they were causing me a lot of sorrow and despair. I thought, I don't want to teach these people. They're too much of a problem. They're too demanding. I want to get as far away from Western monks as possible. The previous year, I had spent a rains retreat with five others. Oh, what a miserable rains retreat that was. I thought, I'm not going to put up with that. I didn't come here to do that. I came here to have peace. So I made some excuse to go to Bangkok, and from there I found this island. I thought it was perfect. They had caves on the island and little huts on the beaches. It was the perfect setup for a monk. One could go and get one of those huts and live in it, and then go on alms round in the village. The village people were all very friendly, especially to Western monks, because to be a Western monk was very unusual. We could depend on having all the food we could possibly eat and more. It was not a place that was easy to get to, being out in the Gulf of Thailand, and I thought, oh, they'll never find me out here, those Western monks. They'll not find me here. And then I found a cave, one with a jongrum, and it was beautiful. It had an inner chamber that was completely dark, and no sounds could penetrate. I crawled in through a hole, and inside there was nothing. I could neither see nor hear anything. So it was ideal for sensory deprivation. Oh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I can practice all these hygienic states. I can go in this cave and just practice for hours on end with no kind of sense stimulation. I really wanted to see what would happen. But there was this old monk living in this cave who was not sure whether he was going to stay. Anyway, he said I could have the grass hut on top of the hill. I went up there and looked, and down below was the sea. I thought, oh, this is also nice, because now I can concentrate on the sea, which is tranquilizing. There was a Thai monk on the island who was a very good friend of mine, and he said, well, if they find you here, there's an island about 15 miles further out. They'll never find you there. There's a little hut there and a little village. The people in the village would love to take care of a monk. So I was thinking, you know, possibly after the rains retreat, I will go out to that further island. I really was determined to escape. I wanted peace, and I found the Western monks very confusing. They would always ask lots of questions and were so demanding. So I was all set to spend the rains retreat in this idyllic situation. And then this foot. My right foot became severely infected and had, to take me, and had to take me off the island into the local hospital in the mainland. 
I was very ill. They would not let me go back to the island, and I had to spend the rains retreat in a monastery near the town. Sorrow, despair, and resentment arose towards this foot, all because I was attached to tranquility. I wanted to escape the confusion of the world. I really longed to lock myself in a tomb where my senses would not be stimulated, where no demands would be made of me, where I would be left alone, incognito, invisible. But after that, I contemplated my attitude. I contemplated my greed for peace, and, it, I, didn't, and I did not sink tranquility anymore. I never did return to that island. The foot healed fairly well, and I had a chance to go to India. And then after that, I went to Wapat Pong, and by that time, I had decided not to make preferences. My practice would be the way of no preferences. I would just take things as they came. On my return to Wat Papong, I was put in the responsible position of being a translator for Ajahn Chah. I detested having to translate for Westerners, but there I was. I had to do it, and I also had to teach and train monks. A year or so after that, they even sent me off to start my own monastery. Within two years... There were about 20 Western monks living with me. Then I was invited to England. And so I never have, I have never escaped to that cave because I no longer made preferences. The responsibilities and teaching seem to be increasing, but it is part of the practice of no preferences. And I find through this practice my mind is calm and peaceful. I no longer resent the demands made of me or dwell in aversion or confusion about the never-ending problems and misunderstandings that arise in human society. So the practice is just mindfulness. No longer do I long for tranquility. Tranquility comes and I see it as impermanent. Confusion comes, impermanent. Peacefulness, impermanent. War, impermanent. I just keep seeing the impermanent nature of all conditions And I have never felt more at peace with the world than I do now, living in Britain, much more so than I ever did when I was, say, for those few days on that island. At that time, I was clinging desperately to ideals of what I wanted, and there was the accompanying fear of having taken them away. I was afraid that Westerners would come and bother me and that my peaceful environment would be interfered with. There was a real selfishness involved in that rejection and shutting out of others, and a real fear that others might ruin it for me. So this attachment to peace and conditions inevitably brings fear and worry along with it, because all conditions can easily be taken away or destroyed. The kind of peace that we get from no preferences, however, can never be taken away. He goes on to say, and I love how he finishes, In life, like tends to change into dislike. Dislike tends to change into like. Even pleasant conditions change into unpleasant ones, and unpleasant conditions eventually become pleasant. We should just keep this awareness of impermanence and be at peace with the way things are, not demanding that they be otherwise. The people we live with, the places we live in, the society we are a part of, we should just be at peace with everything. But most of all, we should be at peace with ourselves. That is the big lesson to learn in life, 
it is really hard to be at peace with oneself. I find that most people have a lot of self-aversion. It is much better to be at peace with our own bodies and minds than anything else, and not demand that they be perfect, that we be perfect, or that everything be good. We can be at peace with the good and the bad.